everyone and welcome back to Living My Best Disabled Life. Today we have Kelly and we're going to be talking about um, concert accessibility and the impact that concert, con going to concerts has on disabled people. Hi Kelly. Hi. Thanks for coming speaking to me. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, so let's just start off by uh, maybe you can tell everyone about uh, what your disability is and how it affects you. Sure. So I have what's called muscular dystrophy. Um, muscular dystrophy is a very broad term for the disability itself. Um, there, there are many, many different forms of muscular dystrophy. So I have a specific one of muscular dystrophy that's called Marison deficient congenital muscular dystrophy. It's, which basically means that my muscles do not contain this protein called Marison. So <clears throat> when I was born, I, I had very floppy muscle tone and I had, I wasn't hitting any of my like one year milestones such as crawling or rolling over or sitting up by myself. So my parents and my doctors all thought, you know, when she gets older, she'll hit these milestones. Maybe she's just slow to learn this type of stuff. But once I hit one years old, they thought, okay, there has to be something wrong. So I had many different tests done and I had uh, several different uh, procedures to test like my muscles and stuff like that and that's when they figured out that I have muscular dystrophy this Marison deficient congenital muscular dystrophy so it affects me by I can't walk I use a wheelchair to get around and that's my mobility um, it also has affected me later on in life when I ended up, I, I've never weighed a whole lot in my life. Like I've been a very low weight for my entire life. And when I was a teenager, I ended up losing weight, just very, very randomly losing weight. So I ended up being admitted into the hospital so I could have a feeding tube inserted into my stomach. But in the meantime, while they were waiting for that surgery, they cut a feeding tube through my nose, just as a temporary thing. And they, they're supposed to x-ray that to make sure that it gets into your stomach and not like elsewhere in your body. And they didn't do that. So it ended up, what we think it ended up in my lung. And they ended up running the, like, the feeding formula. And I aspirated it and I coded. So oh. I, yeah, I have a trait thanks to that. So I, like, I, for all intents and purposes, I went into respiratory arrest and I had to be resuscitated. And I had to have emergency surgery to have a trait. That's so, insane. <laughs> that's how it affects me. I can't walk. I have to use a ventilator and a trach. Um, but other than that, it really hasn't affected my quality of life. It's more just 
like helpful aid if that's like that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so like, how has being able to go to concerts like affected your like quality of life or your just like life in general? Like, because uh, not everyone, but a lot of people with disabilities um, can't really do everything an able-bodied person can do. So, like, concerts are, like, a thing that no matter uh, your any type of ability, like, you can go to a concert and enjoy live music. You know what I mean? Right, right, absolutely. Um, I've always loved music, even as a kid. Um, so... Concerts have always been a big thing for me. Um, I grew up in a family where my older brother, he played a lot of sports. So I grew up going to sporting events and I grew up like watching all these kids play soccer or hockey or baseball or whatever it was. And I always thought, you know, like, I want to do something like that. So when I figured out that concerts kind of gave me that same adrenaline rush, as, you know, playing in your favorite sport or dancing on stage or whatever you want to do. I realized, like, this is where my heart truly lies within music and within the concert adrenaline and all that kind of stuff. So I really think it makes me have, like, this sense of normalcy and this sense of community with other people, even if they're not in a wheelchair or they don't have a disability. Yeah. I think it really brings me close with a bunch of people. It brings me close with fans of artists all around the world. So, which is a really cool thing. I can brings- really relate to that. Um, yeah. Like, I have an older brother and he's like really athletic and he plays like all these sports and stuff. And I, I didn't adapt to sports. But sports were never my thing, and I just, like, didn't really enjoy it that much. So, you know, like, being able, when I found out, like, when I really got into, like, concerts and stuff, it does give you that same, like, rush, or a similar rush that, um, for other people, people get, like, sports, get from sports, you know? Right, right, I definitely agree with that, yeah. Um... When going to, like, concerts, is there, like, do you do anything specific to make sure, like, it's accessible or um, that you're going to be able to enjoy the experience to the fullest? So, I don't typically check with the venue before because a lot of times I buy my tickets online, just like everybody else says. But there have been multiple times within the last couple of years where like a day or two before the concert, I just got this feeling in my gut, like something is not going to go right as far as me getting into the pit or as far as me getting to enjoy the concert like I want to. Yeah. So like for instance, there was a concert a couple of years ago where 
I knew that I was going to be able to get into the pit because I had been to the venue before, but I didn't know I had a meet and greet for this um, particular concert, and I didn't know where the meet and greet was going to be held. So I called the venue like the day before, and they just said, you know, I have a pit ticket for this concert, and I also have a meet and greet pass for this concert, but can you tell me where the meet and greet is? And the person said, like, oh, it's upstairs. So I asked, you know, does this venue have an elevator or a lift or anything? Because I knew, I knew that they didn't have like a ramp or anything into the upstairs. So she said, you know, like, oh, I'm so sorry, but no, we don't have anything because our venue is very old. We're not required to have anything. So that's, that's a lot of the issues with concert venues as far as them being what they call grandfathered is they're not required to have ADA accessibility, such as like a elevator or a lift or a ramp. Like they can just say, we'll put you in the back and like that's the best they can do. So yeah. I mean, I, I haven't had many issues as far as getting into the pit or at least having a accessible area but there was this one venue like i said where they had to tell me like you know the meet and greet is scheduled to be upstairs and so i of course was heartbroken because i was like what am i gonna do like i just spent all this money like what am i supposed to do but that's the only time that I've ever actually like contacted a venue and got that information. Yeah. Um a similar thing happened to me once where like I got a meet and greet that I like won it off like the, the artist website. Mm -hmm. And then they like had the meet and greet but no one told me it was like upstairs and there was no elevator. So then they like they felt bad, so they moved, like, there was multiple people on a wheelchair that day, um, in wheelchairs and stuff, that, um, show, which usually, um, like, I don't really see a lot of other disabled people, but then they moved half the meet and greet downstairs, so people, um, people in wheelchairs or having mobility issues, um, could have a meet and greet, but it was, like, separate. I mean, like, I, I feel like in a way that that's really great because it's the same, like, with this concert that I was referring to, they ended up moving the meet and greet downstairs. So they had to, you know, let everybody out of the concert and then they had to set up the meet and greet. So it was pushed back a little bit. But um, I, I, of course, I appreciated them doing that because that was all because of me. But at the same time, it's like, why couldn't you just put, an elevator or a ramp or something into your venue. Like, I, I get that that's cost-effective and stuff like that, and they probably don't want to spend that type of money, but let's do things that make people feel more included versus making them feel like it's a burden. Or what if they just, like, you know, had it downstairs in the first place? Right, I mean, of course, that's what they should have done. But 
I, I can understand, you know, they wanted to get it all set up before everybody left the venue. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, why couldn't you just wait the 10 or 15 minutes to get everybody out of the venue and then set it up? <laughs> like, that's not a big deal. Yeah. But. And then on the opposite spectrum of things, um, has there been like one show or concert that, um, wow, that that place was so accessible. It was a really good experience. Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say I've had a lot of venues, um, not only in the area that I live in, but areas, I, I travel a lot for certain concerts. So there have been venues in even different states that I've had really good experiences with, whether it's they have a ramp and they have an elevator to make sure that everybody can get everywhere. Or if it's, you know, they assign a certain person that works at that venue to literally escort you to your seat, like for accessibility reasons, because they have to take you through a back elevator. They have to take you through, you know, some place that only a venue worker can be in. I've had a lot of I've had a lot of really good experiences as far as that. And that even included uh, really good seating, like whether it be front row or at least somewhere in the pit where I could see, or there have been, um, there has been a few concerts that I've been in where they literally like gave me and whoever I was with just our own little barricaded section. And it was just us. And I had no, I had no problem seeing the stage. I had no problem doing whatever I needed to do. So it, I have had a lot of positive experiences as far as concert venues and that sort of thing. I think it really makes all the difference. If you have a good experience in that, like, away, then the whole night goes. Oh, yeah. As long as it goes smoothly, I am perfectly okay with that. Yeah. Like that, that's the best. Um, what, like, advice would you give someone who is disabled and wants to start going to concerts, but is kind of, like, um, nervous about it, nervous about things going wrong or things not being accessible? Stuff like that. That's a really good question. Because it's probably something I thought about when I was younger as I started to go to concerts. Um, especially in a power wheelchair. Because when I was really young, my parents were able to just carry me. And then I could just sit in like a regular seat or whatever. But now that I'm using a power wheelchair, it's it's so crucial to make sure that I can get everywhere I need to be. So the advice that I would give would probably be A, bring someone with you to make sure that no one is telling you that you can't do what you want to do. Because, um, you know, having a disability, a lot of people say, you know, like, oh, you're not allowed to do that, or you can't be here, or type of things like that. 
So I would say definitely bring someone with you, not only for advocacy reasons, but also for protection reasons. Like, make sure no one, you know, stumbles into you, make sure no one tramples you, stuff like that. Yeah. I would also say, um, make sure that you feel comfortable in whatever position you think you're putting yourself into. Um, I would say to kind of feel like you, I, I wish that, I wish I had, didn't give it advice myself, to be really honest. Um, I feel like people should always think that they can do whatever they want to do as far as enjoying themselves. So if going to a concert is what you want to do, and if being in the front row, if that's what you want to do, then go ahead and do it. Like, go ahead and have like the time of your life at this concert, because that's something that everybody should be able to do. Like, I, I just feel like just because you have a disability, you shouldn't be stopped and you shouldn't be told like oh you can't be in the front row or you can't do this you can't do that like yes i have a disability but music is something that brings everybody together music is something that gives us all a sense of belonging so like let me just live my life like you know let me have fun like this is my time to have fun so i feel like everybody should be able to do that yeah i it's such like, like obvious advice, but like some people just like feel like they they can't do everything they want to, and um, nothing should be like holding people back. You know, right. if you want to go do it. Right. You want to be. If you want to be in the pit, go be in the pit. Right. It's a little anxiety producing. But if you really right. want to go in there, go in there. Right. It can be anxiety producing, especially if there's a lot of rowdy people in there. But if you want to do it, go ahead. But I don't know if you're going to say this, but I was just thinking another thing is like make friends with the people that are like next to you. Mm-hmm. Because like if you make friends with the people that are next to you, let's say you're getting like pushed a little bit or like you it just makes you feel a little safer you know right and i definitely agree with that um i typically i never go to concerts without at least two different people with me just because my obviously my safety and my well-being is my most important uh thing no matter where i go so i always have at least two people with me to protect my chair or to protect my ventilator or something like that, just in case the tape or wherever I'm at does get a little bit rowdy, because I have been in situations like that. So I always have people with me, but it is, it's, it gives you less anxiety if you get to know the people next to you, or if you just strike up a conversation about the artist, and then it's like you become friends, and then hey, even you could become friends with this person and you could text them and be like, hey, let's go to the concert together next time, you know? 
it's, yeah. it's cool. You can make friends at concerts too. And I've made some of my best friends at concerts. I've made some of my best friends through some of my favorite artists. So that's really a fun thing. I honestly have too. It, I don't really think people think about it that much, but it, um, like you really can make some really good friends, not even just at concerts, but even just like because of the artist over the internet. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I feel like that's what a lot of people within our generation do these days is they connect with people through an artist or through their favorite actor or whatever and they make some of their best friends because that's their connection. So I know that's how I've met a handful of some of my best friends. Yeah, I know. I had um, Kaylee on the podcast before. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely how we met. Let's do our favorite artists, and we've been best friends ever since. So, so like, what have you um, done since, like, um, well, now that concerts are coming back, but before, before, when, like, concerts were, like, at a standstill, like, did you, did you go to, like, virtual shows, or what did um, you So, like, back in, back when COVID first hit, I had two concerts scheduled, um, literally, like the week of the shutdown. And so obviously they were both canceled. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And so one of the artists did a, a virtual show. So that was really great. And I, of course, was ecstatic about that. And that was really great. Um, several artists I have bought like those virtual tickets for. Um, where you can watch it, like, online. So that was really cool. And I, of course, loved it. But it just made me miss being in the venue with the artist, like, even more. Yeah. So, I mean, I loved it. But at the same time, I was like, I really wish that this was, like, actually live. I wish I was actually there. So it yeah. made me really miss concerts. I feel that. Especially those, like, um... Now they do like virtual meet and greets, yeah, and stuff. It's nice, but there's not the same. There's no like, uh, you're you're not like in the same room, so it's like, right, you know, it's not as personal. I mean, you get more time typically, actually, because like usually you're in and out of the room really fast. Mm -hmm. But there's no like, um, like there's less of a connection. Right, because typically there's a lot of people within that meeting group. It's not just you and them. So, a lot of times I feel like within the With the exception of, like, Hunter's Zoom calls. You know, the ones that he's been doing? Yeah. They genuinely don't, like, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of people in there, even though there is. Right. It feels so much more personal than, like, other artists. I don't know. Maybe right. that's with him, too. I mean, it definitely has to do with him because he makes everybody feel like they belong, and he really does a great job at checking in on each individual person. Um, yeah. He really 
I, I very much appreciate everything he has done for all his fans throughout this COVID shutdown and stuff like that. Um, I did a virtual meet and greet with another artist. They called it a meet and greet, but it was really just him doing a like an acoustic set, like after his virtual concert. So like the fans didn't get to talk to him. It was just like him playing guitar. It didn't, after a virtual. After a virtual concert. I was like, I, I, it wasn't like a super, it wasn't super costly, but it was still like, I paid extra for this meet and greet and it's not a meet and greet. Like, it was kind of bizarre, but it was okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not the same, but no, at least it's something. It was something, but it wasn't the same as actually being able to talk to the person. But I, I very much look forward to when I can get back to concerts. Um, I've been very hesitant just because my health comes first and yeah. I, I am at high risk for COVID. So I, I look forward to the day when I actually feel comfortable with going to a venue with, you know, however many people are actually in the venue at that point in time. Um, I look forward to actually feeling safe and feeling like it's, it's not going to cause me my health at that point. Yeah, I just recently went to my first one in like two years. Um, but it was outside, so I feel like because it was outside, I felt safer. Right. I feel like if I had an outdoor concert to go to, I would probably do it. Um, but I live in a state where the, the weather is starting to get really cold. So I have no outdoor concerts for me right now. Well, I live in Florida, so, so like I, we can be outside all the time. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it, no. <laughs> like, it was, it's so weird now. Um, like, it's literally November, but it feels like, like, August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you couldn't do that here right now. <laughs> it's cold. We're starting to wear coats and hats and, yep, it's, it's getting cold here. Yeah. I'm originally from Massachusetts, so I feel, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like. I love asking everyone this one question, but um, like, how do you think you're living your best disabled life right now? Well, are you talking right now as in <clears throat> during the COVID shutdown or as in like if COVID never existed? Okay, so like, I'm, okay. I mean like, like, I know COVID and the, and stuff has been, like, difficult on everyone, but how are you still, um, like, making the best of it, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, so yes, like, the COVID shutdown took a lot from me 
as far as being able to see people when doing things that I would typically do. Um, but I am still able to do a majority of things that I was doing before. Um, I mean, I, I can still, you know, go run errands. I can still, I, I just recently started seeing my friends again and family and stuff like that. Um, I, I mean, I still get up every day. I still, I still work through my disability every single day, but it's, I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to answer this question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I feel like my life really hasn't changed all that much because of the COVID shutdown. Like it really hasn't. Um, I, I feel like every day is just a typical day for me. Um, I, I don't specifically look at my life as like, I, I don't dwell on the fact that I have a disability, you know, like I, yes, I am very aware of the fact that I use a wheelchair daily, but I don't, I don't look at it as how is everything going to affect the fact that I'm in a wheelchair. I, I just kind of focus on like the positive of everything. Yeah. So I just have to remind myself like, you know, like, yes, this is going to make certain things a little bit more difficult, but that doesn't mean it's going to change much. So I feel like I'm still living my best life because this is all I've ever known. Like being in a wheelchair and having a trach is really, it's like my daily normal at this point. So I still talk to my friends. I still hang out with my family and friends. I just recently got a new puppy. So, you know, I'm learning to take care of her and I'm working on training her and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm still able to go on vacation. I'm still able to go to concerts whenever I feel comfortable with going back to them. Um, I, I do everything that I can. I, I don't typically let things that are, I don't typically let things tell me that I can't do certain things just because of my wheelchair just because of my disability. Yes, there are, of course, things that are going to stop me, such as stairs or something like that. <laughs> I, I don't typically back down from a challenge. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Sorry if the, uh, that question didn't really make that much, um, that much sense. But no, it did. I just don't think <laughs> I, I had much of a thought in my head and so how to answer that like because I know it's at, good everyone answers differently and it's really interesting to see like how different people interpret yeah. that. I just look at my disability as it's all I've ever known so to say like how are you living your best disabled life 
to me, I just think of this is my life. It's, it's not something that I can change. It's not something that really any doctor or any medication can change for me at this point in time. So I just look at it as I live my life the best that I can, and that's all I can do. Yeah, um, that's, that's actually a really good way of putting it. Like, um, you know, just because you're disabled doesn't mean that has to be the center of your life. Right, and I try, like I said, I try not to dwell on that. I try not to let that be the focus of my daily living because I, I would personally like people to look at me for me and not my disability. I agree. I feel the same way. Um, thank you so much for talking to me and coming on and giving your advice and perspective. I love doing these podcast episodes because every person is like, has different responses to the questions and then their perspective is, um, the different perspective is really interesting too. Of course. Thank you for having me. And I can't wait to hear how it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to Living My Best Disabled Life. I'll see you next time.